Welcome to Focused on Franchising, a podcast series written for anyone who has a hankering to one day be their own boss. We are Right at Home UK, a franchise network of more than 60 businesses whose care and companionship services help people live independently in their own homes. And we want to spread the word that franchising offers a fantastic way to reduce the risks of starting your own business. We support our franchise owners to build successful, profitable businesses. And we want to use this series to bust some of the myths around franchising. So, sit back, relax and listen to how franchising can be used to turn your dreams into a reality. Hello and welcome back to Focused on Franchising. We hope that the discussions we're having in this podcast are useful to anyone who's thinking about buying a franchise. And today's subject matter is arguably the most important point to be considering. We're going to be talking about what kind of support the franchise is going to offer you and what great support looks like. Now, of course, both answers are going to vary depending upon the type of franchise. Some will follow a wonderfully simple, proven business model that franchisees can really pick up and run with relatively easily once they've completed some initial training. But even in these circumstances, you want to ask yourself, will the franchisor be there for you should you encounter some problems further down the line? Are they looking to the future? Are they reacting to the market? Are they offering a system that's still going to be delivering the results that you need in five or seven years' time? Other franchises, such as those in the care sector, like Right at Home, they're operating in much more challenging environments where the franchisee needs to protect the safety of vulnerable clients, for example, uh, and where they may be, uh, as in care, legally responsible for making sure that their business complies with the current legislation at all times. So it's crucial that you get a clear understanding of what you're paying for when you purchase a franchise and when you commit to paying an ongoing management service fee to your franchisor. So you want to hear about the support from the franchisor, obviously, and you want what they say to be backed up independently and confirmed by other franchisees. There are a few other indicators that a franchisor will offer good support. For example, if they're members of the British Franchise Association or if they've won awards from franchising bodies or gained other independently verified accreditations, such as the five-star franchise status that's based upon results from anonymous franchisee satisfaction surveys. But really, and most crucially, you want to get a good feel for the type of support that's available when you go to visit the franchisor. And at some stage in the process of the evaluation, you need to have that validated by trading franchisees who are in a position where they can speak openly without the franchisor being present. At Right at Home, we're extremely proud of the support that's offered out to our network. And if you look at our advertising, then you'll see that our franchise owners are very happy to testify that the national office team do play a significant role in helping them to build their businesses and overcome challenges along the way. So today, I wanted to put a spotlight on the question of what good looks like when it comes to franchise support and to ask some of the team to tell us a little bit more about what their role entails. I'm going to be speaking, first of all, to uh, Jenny Jones, who is a member of our regional business support team. Then we're going to catch up with Dave O'Connor, who's part of our quality and compliance team. So they work on that regulation with all the franchisees. And then finally, we'll be having a chat with our recruitment coordinator, Orla Fitzpatrick, who works directly with the franchisees to take external recruitment agencies out of the picture in the main part uh, and to help them overcome one of the biggest challenges in our sector, which is finding really good quality staff. Okay, so we'll kick off with talking to Jenny.
Okay, so first of all, I'd like to introduce Jenny Jones, who's part of our regional business support team. Jen, thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Can you start off just by giving us a quick overview of how the business support team at Right at Home operates? Well, um, there's a, a number of us and we, we work regionally. Uh, well, it tends to be regionally, but sometimes we do um, we do support owners on a, a national basis, depending on our specific um, specialisms. Um, we've normally got a portfolio of around 20 owners each. Um, and our, our normal week would be spent probably half and half, or say three days on site with our, our owners and, um, and a couple of days of admin at home or in um, national office in uh, meetings, depending on the time of the month. Cool. And so what kind of contact typically might you have with each of your owners in a, to, in a say, in a quarter of the year? Is it the same for everybody or how, how does it vary? No, I, I guess you could say it's sort of person-centred, really, um, support in terms of uh, it's very much driven by what each owner requires. Um, you might find that you know in the earlier stages of the business, you're talking to them once a week. Sometimes, depending on what's going on at that point for them, you, you can be talking to someone daily. Um, and others like a structured monthly call and some of the more established owners often say look let's not diet rise anything I know where you are when I need you and we'll just phone on an ad hoc basis and then on top of that we have um, a definite um, planned quarterly site visit which um, which will be a day uh, and we work very closely with the owners and their teams to make sure that we've got a good agenda and, um, and get loads done when we are with them. Brilliant. And what does that agenda tip? What does that agenda typically cover? Do you, uh, you you support on all aspects of the business with them? In effect, we're kind of micro business consultants, I guess. So yes, it will be everything from recruitment to HR issues to um, to marketing to finance. Um, it might be they're looking at a new office, so we'll be looking at leases for them. Anything that um, that could come up within their um, their, their business world. Um, so yeah, and, and again, it's very much driven by them and, and where they are at that point in um, in their business. Brilliant. So I guess it sounds like you get to know their businesses really pretty well there, and and I suppose. Um, that you are the connection for a lot of them between them and other owners as well so I take it there's a lot of best practice discussion around as well absolutely I mean you know in answer to your first question do we get to know them hugely mm. you know personally the businesses uh, what their challenges are um, and yeah we, we although we do have a, a very close network and they do uh, liaise with each other quite uh, a lot and enjoy those interactions we will share best practice that we've picked up from other offices and and likewise you know anything we see that they're doing really well we'll share with others and, and that's part of the joys of being part of the franchise network absolutely so but you're you're out on the road a lot obviously and and not based permanently at national office so i get it's pretty important for you as much as as for the uh, the owners and the rest of the team that we have a a good communication structure in place so how does that work for you um well i, I guess i mean again as far as communicating with uh, my line manager um we speak on a daily basis and, um, and we're constantly liaising on what's going on and, and taking advice and, and discussing scenarios and, and how best to address them. Um, there are more structured opportunities to share information in team meetings and uh, department head meetings and project meetings. So it, we're, we're seeing each other pretty constantly. It's not always at, at national office. It might be a regional based meeting if it's easier for everyone to get there. But there's very regular touch points. 
Yeah, and that's, of course, the joys of technology these days. I mean, you can just you can be online and connected uh, to the rest of the team in the, um, pretty spontaneously as well, can't you? Um, brilliant. OK, I, I mean, I know it's more than apparent to the whole national office team how hard the whole business support team works. Um, you all come across as people that love your job. I mean, but for you particularly, can I just ask you in a nutshell, what is it that you love about your role at Right at Home? Well, I mean, it's it's so ridiculously varied. It's not it's not a case of no two days are the same, no two hours are the same. Mm. And um, and I used to be self-employed as a business consultant, funnily enough. Um, and I always think of this job. I'm pretty unemployable because I get bored very easily. And this is the only job that I could I could ever imagine sticking in long term because it is just so varied and so exciting and challenging. Yeah, fantastic. And I know how much it's appreciated. It's it's so clear when we get the surveys back and when we all get together at conference, you know, just what a huge impact you and the rest of the team make on the franchisees business as well. So, uh, and we will be talking to some more franchisees about that further in the series. But thank you very much, Jen. That's really good to uh, hopefully share that insight into uh, what good business support looks like. So thank you for contributing. Thanks, Kate. Okay, so we obviously right at home is a franchise that operates in the home care sector and we are quite specific in that we have um, registration and regulation by a, a, a care regulator, a national care regulator. So this is obviously can be quite a daunting element of the business to people who are totally new into the care sector. Uh, and how, how do they go about initially um, becoming registered and what kind of support do you do you give to them? Okay, so in England we have the Care Quality Commission. In Wales we have the um, CIW, Care Inspector of Wales. Both of those organisations are uh, responsible for the registration of new care providers and also registered managers. So obviously when we get a new business owner that comes into right at home, one of their um, initial responsibilities is to appoint a, a manager. That person will be responsible for complying with the regulations and various standards across England and Wales. The business owner will then following successful um, application and interview and so on of a registered manager will then complete a provider application form and also in tandem with that there will be a registered manager application form as well and they will be they will be submitted to the various regulatory bodies either CQC or CIW so my role within that is to support the business owner in the completion of those applications making sure all the relevant information is provided. We've got um, standard formats uh, for people to use, so it's fairly straightforward. Um, but also they have a fit person interview. And again, there's lots of support and resources that we provide to enable the business owner and the registered manager to feel really able and competent to go through that fit person process. Brilliant. So you, you make sure the initial registration process is slick and completed without unnecessary delays and costs and then give one-to-one -one coaching. And then is that done? Do you do that face-to-face -face normally? Or? Absolutely, Case. That's, you know, initially when we, when we when a new business owner comes into the business, uh, with the, there's a right start team, which includes yourself as well, Case, mm -hmm. and we, we've all got our roles and responsibilities within that. 
I, I do a lot of coaching and mentoring, either over the phone, support calls, but more importantly as well, I'll do a face-to-face -face site visit at the, at the new business owner's office. And also, I'll, at that point, I'll, I will go through the fit person process with, with the business owner and, and the registered manager. And at that point, you know, we'll spend the day doing a lot of coaching and support to enable them to feel competent around getting through the fit person application process. Yeah, that, that's a really, really important part of their, their startup support for them. Um, and I think we've got a pretty good track record, haven't we, with registrations in terms of... Um you know, the, the no, no issues for any right-at-home owners that we've bought through. Well, today we've got about 60 franchisees and, you know, pleased to say every single one of them has been successfully uh, registered with either CQC or CIW. So the process from start to finish can take up to 10, 10 weeks and, you know, a lot of that is out of our control because it's... it's um, it's obviously the responsibility for CQC or CIW. But yeah, everyone who's gone through the application process, the feedback that we get, they're really sort of uh, very appreciative of the support, tools and guidance that we provide them with during that process. Fantastic. And you've also, you've got a pretty amazing record, um, the Right at Home Quality and Compliance Group, of supporting established owners as well, haven't you? Because can you explain, once you've achieved your initial inspection, uh, sorry, once you've achieved your initial registration, then you go through a period of annual inspection, a little bit like schools do with Ofsted. Right. Yeah, there's, there's a whole suite of support that we provide. I work as part of a team of three. So... England and Wales is basically split up uh, with, with the three quality and compliance managers. We we visit new franchisees and registered managers, you know, at least uh, every three months, and that support can be over the phone. Uh, but more often than not, it's it's face to face visits at least every three months. And obviously, when when new owners and registered managers are due an inspection, that um, activity increases. And uh, you know, as you said, Kate, we've had some amazing results in the last two years with, um, you know, at, to date we've got nine overall outstanding rated services, which is absolutely way above the sort of sector, which, you know, as a team we're really proud of. Absolutely. And the, um, I guess so you, it's not just the franchisees that you work with and support then, is it? You get to know all of the, the, the registered managers and their back office teams. I guess you become a bit of an integral part of that team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, although we don't mind manage the, uh, the registered managers because that relationship is with the business owner, we do provide expert support guidance, for example, around any sort of safeguarding activity or referrals, but also in terms of um, just shining a spotlight on the, the outstanding impact they have on their clients, staff and their communities. So we do a lot of work around, for example, developing case studies mm -hmm. where we can show high impact for for example, around isolation and loneliness, and what you know, what the business owner and the registered manager and the staff team have done to support individual clients around those particular issues. Yeah, absolutely. Because then it is very much a team effort compliance, isn't it? Whereby everybody has their role to play in it. Um, and so I guess you, you, you also support the teams, don't you, to prepare for an inspection, so that regardless of who who is the first person to greet the inspector, should they turn up as either scheduled or unscheduled, they're ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in terms of CQC, they will generally give 48 hours notice. CIW very often don't give any notice at all. So at preparation stage, we generally know when an inspection is due. 
So as I said before, we will obviously increase the um, the support and input for the business owners and the managers and the, the office support teams. And that very often means going down and spending you know, the day with the office teams and so on, providing coaching support. So some of the things I've done, for example, is provided one-to-one -one training and support to caregivers to help them through the registration, uh, sorry, the inspection process, because very often they'll be interviewed by the by the inspector. So providing them with that support enables them to feel a lot more confident. Yeah, it must be quite terrifying to a caregiver if they're fairly new into the sector as well. Yeah, yeah. But the in the main, they do, you know, um, you know, a fabulous role in terms of telling their stories to guests to the inspector to make sure that you know we can evidence and shine a spotlight on high impact. Where they're yeah. doing with the clients. Absolutely. And we set the bar pretty high, don't we, as well? It's very much about aiming for outstanding, isn't it? And and learning how to evidence, as you said, to uh, uh, an outstanding level of care. Just to to, um, to, to um, clarify, though, for anybody who's not familiar with the care regulation system, the business owners are tested in five different areas, aren't they? Are inspected in five different areas and can come up with a number of different ratings. Can you just... Um, outline that very quickly. <laughs> yes, for, for England, they're the services that are rated by um, CQC. So, you know, as you say, Kate, there are five domain areas. So they'll be measured against, is the service safe? Is the service effective? Is the service caring? Also, is the service responsive? And finally, is the service well-led? So each of those domain areas will be individually rated and you know, there'll be an overall rating from that and you know we've had some great uh, results in the last two years which is way above the sector average uh, at the moment we've got nine outstanding services and at this moment in time uh, we're 100 percent either good or outstanding in wales it's slightly different they're quite new in terms of um the uh, the new registration and inspection standards which have now been put in place and at some point down down the line uh, in the future maybe in the, in the next year to 18 months they will consider having a rating system for health and social care um, providers yeah i should have clarified sorry that the rating system is only in, in uh, evidence in england at the moment but um so the the but i i know from my experience of being in the office that uh, you know there's the welsh um, policies and procedures and the Welsh compliance regulation uh, that we have a full suite so it, it really doesn't matter whether a franchisee is coming in in England or in Wales or if we get a new franchise office in Scotland for example um, the same level of compliance support would be expected and, and would be provided tailored specifically to their regulations and the, uh, the demands that they need to, uh, to, to meet those regulations properly. Yeah that's correct Kate. Um, you know, as you say, quite right to say there, the, each um, Wales and England have got their own suite of policies and procedures that relate to their particular regulations and standards and the support that we've got through the team, you know, myself, Simon and, and Julietta, we're all, you know, experts in terms of regulation and inspection across England and Wales. Brilliant. Okay, so now <laughs> I guess um, there's so much of what you do is appreciated by the business owners. Maybe a bit of a difficult question, this one, but what, which aspect of the support that you give, which one do you think it really is most appreciated by the business owners and why? I think obviously if a service is rated outstanding, you know, the, the whole sort of network celebrates that and that's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. 
um, you know, and we sh you know we do strive to continually improve, and that's not just around policy and procedures, but also the culture within the network is around achieving outstanding ratings. Because if you're achieving outstanding ratings, that means you're providing person-centered, high-quality care to your clients, um, your staff teams, and also your communities, which is what we're all about. Uh, as I said before, you know we're 100% compliant. Uh, across England and Wales and obviously the business owners really appreciate the support from the national office teams around helping them achieve those particular accolades. Yeah, yeah, no it is. It's a big impact on their business to get recognised as outstanding, doesn't it? And obviously provides a fantastic platform for, for future growth and uh, attraction of quality staff as well. Um, so... And, and But you do, like, you should also make it clear that as well as the proactive support with this uh, um, and being on, on actually in the office when they're having an inspection, you will have completed prior to an, an inspection a full audit of the business, won't you, where you do essentially put your old inspector's hat on again um, and support the owners to action plan. Um, and I know that another important tool that we have introduced in the last couple of years was the, the self-auditing tools so that owners can have the control of being able to maintain, can, you know, they, they, to know that their compliance is where they need it to be day to day, week to week and month to month. Because I guess, you know, that's um, from an owner's perspective, it's really it's important to have that control, isn't it? And that, that peace of mind. Yes, of course. Uh, it, it's a it's a double edged uh, approach, really, because the business owners and the registered managers ultimately they are responsible for ensuring that they're compliant with the regulations and the various standards. So you know, as you quite rightly say, there's a whole suite of auditing tools that they have at their disposal, and these are constantly being reviewed and refined. So what we've got at the moment, and you know, as you say, is the self audit tool. We've also got the six monthly care quality. Uh, review and all these um, auditing tools are designed to make sure that they um, understand their business and where they're where they're at in terms of compliance. From a national office point of view, you know, as you quite rightly say, Kate, we um, undertake regular audits, CQC, CIW type inspections, and we will uh, provide action plans and feedback to the business owners and registered managers. And we'll also uh, monitor those action plans to make sure the audit cycle is, is closed. And those two processes in tandem really do um, reap rewards because, as, you know, as, as we've said throughout this discussion, you know, we're 100% compliant around the various regulations and standards across England and Wales. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic, and easy to see why your department is one of the uh, the most highly valued amongst the uh, the support team at national office. Um, but you know, it must it's a great uh, great job to be able to support people to uh, uh, to to achieve what they have. Um, well, thank you very much indeed for for being part of the podcast, Dave. It's been uh, lovely to chat to you about the support, and uh, um, obviously, if anybody comes back with any more questions, I hope you'd be. Uh, Happy to share a little bit more of your expertise with them if anybody uh, would like uh, to, to, to talk through aspects of compliance support in greater detail. No, thank you, Kate. It's been a pleasure. And if you need any more information, just let me know.
Okay, so next to talk to us about the uh, franchise support that's delivered through Right at Home and what uh, what good support looks like is one of the newer members of the National Office team. Uh, that's Orla Fitzpatrick, who's joined us as recruitment coordinator um, in 2019. Hi, Orla. Hi, Kate. Thanks for coming on our podcast. No um, first of all, can you just give us a quick overview of your background? Yeah, so I come from a recruitment agency background. Uh, I'd done four years in health and social care recruitment before moving into accountancy and finance. Um, decided after accountancy and finance I wanted to try a new challenge um, and go back to my roots, which was health and social care, hence the move into internal recruitment. Brilliant. And I think from our point of view, your position was recruited because everybody was aware of just what a huge challenge it is to get decent staff into the care sector, isn't it? So how, how do you support the owners at the moment once you remit of your role? Well, I do direct recruitment. So I offer support uh, recruiting for registered managers, care coordinators, any kind of office team. Um, and I'll well, the way I explain it to the owners is I'm their internal, external agency, so they still get the agency service, but free of charge, and they know that they can trust me. So I, I'll do everything that the agency would do, but I have the brand's best interests at heart. So they know they're not just going to get any old candidate sent over to them. The candidate's going to be fully vetted by the time it gets to them. Um, it's, it's also my best interest to find the right person the first time around, so we're not back at square one after yeah. three months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so essentially what they're getting is the support from an agency, but very bespoke because you're, you know exactly what the role needs. Um, and typically, for example, if you're recruiting a registered manager, they're going to be saving a good chunk of, of money from an agency recruitment yeah. fee here, aren't they? Depending on where about in the country and the type of agency that you're going to go for, you could be paying between three and six grand for mm. an agency. I know some of the fees I used to charge were 20% of the annual salary. Goodness, so right. So it would be okay. quite high. Yeah. Um, and not always, they don't always work out. Um, so, so yeah, I can imagine, I understand that this is uh, really, really worthwhile support from the owner's point of view then. Um, and the roles that you recruit for them, if we start at the beginning of a new franchisee's journey, then yeah. you get to work with them initially, don't you, in finding their their first manager, as Dave referenced before, the uh, the need for every franchise owner to have a registered manager to look after the day-to-day operations of their business. Yeah, so I quite enjoy working with the new franchisees, though it can't be challenging because they just want to jump right in and find somebody and get registered and get working right away. Um, so that's when the, the knowledge and the experience that we have from our network comes into play. So what I try to do is get to know the franchisee a little bit, find out what type of culture they want to set for their business. Obviously, Right at Home will have its standards and what we want from a person, but if they can't work with that particular franchisee, it's pointless. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll basically go out and do everything that I can to find somebody, so that will be sourcing through various job boards, headhunting, um, LinkedIn recruiter. I even go to the network and I send for referrals as mm-hmm. well, because they will not give a negative referral, you would hope. Of course, yeah. Um, and then I'll guide them through. Yeah. And do you get involved in, in actually managing the relationship as well? Because it can be, um, I guess it can be quite a tricky one for somebody who's new into the sector and they're working with a sector expert and they're in a small office environment. Yeah. So... The- 
It's, I think it's important for me to be involved with the relationship because I'm that person's first experience of right at home. So a new registered manager coming on, I'm quite good actually at building a rapport with them, being open and honest with them and they feel like they can be like that with me. Mm -hmm. Then when they go to the owner, they, they need to get the same experience. So say if, for example, if I, they get to interview stage and they've been to a compliance interview and the owner thinks that they're the right person, I still would prefer to be the one that makes that offer. So what I'll do is say they offer a salary, a certain salary, I'll go back to the candidate and say, look, what are you thinking? You've met them now, you've been through all the process, do you think this is right for you? And then I can kind of bottom line them and I go, well, what if they offered you this amount? Would you, do you think that you would accept? Mm -hmm. And they'll go yes or no. And then if, it's, if they say no, I'll go back to the owner and see if we can do something about the salary or a little bit of a bonus scheme. And it just keeps it close and it stops us wasting so much time. And then at the end point, them getting offered something that's wrong yeah. and then we lose them. Absolutely. I think probably everybody's been in that awful position where you realise that you've recruit, you've made a, a poor judgment in recruitment or that you've, you've uh, um, gone in the wrong direction and had to go back and repair the damage. So you're there basically to facilitate the relationship and yes. smooth it all over and hopefully in that sense increase retention rates at the same time. Yeah, I like to keep in touch with the register managers as well. Um, I feel because the relationship I have with them at the start, they're not afraid to come to me if they have problems with recruitment or if because they, they start growing their own teams and they have challenges as well. Mm -hmm. So they'll come to me and openly ask me stuff that they might not get from another network or anywhere they've worked before. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that's really useful. Um, and so it's not just managers that you recruit though, is it? You support the franchisees who are scaling up their businesses by building up their back office. To yeah. support the registered managers, typical roles. What might they? Uh... Um. So the office team could be deputy managers, care managers, recruitment coordinators, which is interesting. Um. What else do you have? Care coordinators. Yes, of course. Care coordinators being the schedulers who liaise yeah, to uh, yeah. keep everything. The Probably the most difficult role, I would say, mm -hmm. in the network. Um, everyone struggles with that role, so it's good. We're actually doing some work at the minute about how to improve our recruitment around that. Um, because uh, there's an argument to say it's as important when you get to a certain size as a registered manager's role. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And we've done some compliance roles as well, which is quite interesting. We can use the, the knowledge from the national office team to help support with that, yeah. which is great. So as well as providing targeted one-to-one -one support to owners as they are recruiting, I know you also work at national level, don't you, um, on um, honing best practice for recruitment and retention. And in 2019, we did something a bit new in taking that out to regional clinics. How did that work? Yeah, so what we did, we gathered all the information from the network. We sent out like a, a questionnaire, if you like, survey to find out um, how much people were spending on recruitment, what avenues they were using and what the return was. And then some of the stuff that doesn't cost, like their community engagement and networking and things like that, and trying to draw from right, where's the best return on investment here, where's the best sources of recruitment. And collated it all and provided um, what we call a recruitment clinic mm -hmm. and went out, and which was great because we got all the information in the survey we educated them based on what we found and our knowledge mm -hmm. and then the people that attended the clinics we were able to give us even more best practice that we maybe we maybe didn't get because it wasn't in the questioning that was put out yeah, there so we yeah. kind of it was a each clinic got better and better and when we do it this year there'll be even more to, to roll out 
Excellent. So they're really getting fantastic value there because there is only so much sharing of best practice that as an individual you could franchisee, you could yeah. do yourself, isn't it? It's not practical to speak to everybody else within the network. Um, and finally, obviously, um, you know, at right at home, the, the core of our business is hourly care and companionship. But live-in care is becoming an increasingly big part of our um, our offering as well, isn't it? You know, it's very popular in some areas. How have you been getting involved there to support franchisees? Yeah, living has grown massively. Um, it's proved to be more beneficial for uh, clients to stay at home than going to a residential home. So from national office, we were like, well, how can we sort of improve this across the network? And the biggest challenge is recruitment, as in all health and social care tends to be. Um, so what we decided that I'm going to run with this over this year is probably going to get some traction, is to uh, create a centralised living pool. So I'll go out and recruit candidates, I'll do all the interviewing, I'll get the references, DBSs, I'll get them inducted um, using our network and then I'll be able to offer them out to the, the rest of the network free of charge, um, which in comparison to what they pay for a candidate through an agency, it might be like a thousand pound per caregiver and it is a very volatile market. Yeah, so there's brilliant direct support there to help uh, develop um, additional revenue streams Excellent. So, have you been enjoying it? Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I bang my head against the wall, but I do love it. Yeah, and I bet it goes down. I bet it's massively appreciated by the franchisees yeah. as well. You get some lovely feedback from them. Yeah, they're a great bunch to work with. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Orla, for joining Focused on Franchising. No problem. Thank you. Speak to you soon. That was Focused on Franchising. Thank you for listening. We hope this podcast has got you thinking about how you can achieve your business ambitions. If you would like more information about franchising or have a question about any of the podcast content, then please get in touch through our website, rightathomefranchising.co.uk or you can give catering on 07825 047 344. And don't forget to subscribe to receive future episodes.